podcast that explores the logic behind physiological birth practices and is a production of the Indie Birth Association and IndieBirth.com. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. I'm trying something a little different, and I am recording this from my car while I'm driving. I assure you, I am very safe, hands-free to drive. Um, but I have a couple clients right now who live pretty far away, and so I have some long drives to do home visits with them, and, uh, instead of just sitting here and stewing in my own thoughts, I figured I'd share some of them out loud and, uh, double dip a little bit in these long commutes. So hopefully the sound quality is alright, and I hope that you find some of what I'm about to say interesting. Uh, I wanted to talk today about something um, a little bit different direction than a lot of my podcasts, and this is maybe a direction I'll go with um, with future podcasts since I'm trying to be more consistent, like more consistent than twice a year, haha. Um, just some real life stuff that I am dealing with as a midwife and things that I uh, have been have been working on with my clients that I think would really benefit uh, other midwives who are working with their own clients, but also with moms out there who maybe are listening and want to just hear some of the same things I share with the people I work with. So um, something that's been coming a lot up a lot for me lately in my work and with the women that I see and I'm working with and in my own life too, you know, as a woman and a mom, um, is just uh, this idea of of self-care, which is so the wrong word. It's like not all-encompassing enough for what I really mean, which is really taking care of ourselves, you know, on every level. And so don't pause, don't stop, don't turn this off thinking, oh, I've heard this before and I don't need to take more bubble baths and I don't need this or that. Like, I just really want to say um, some things that I think have really helped me clarify what this means to me as, as a as a woman and as a midwife. And so uh, the first thing I would like to say to you is just that if you're listening and you're feeling any level of imbalance, um, of, you know, of stress that feels unmanageable on a day-to-day level, um, or, you know, things not being right with your partner, uh, with yourself, with your spiritual life, with your... Um, with your sex life, with your uh, relationships with anyone in your life, your children, um, your work, um, if any of those things are feeling out of whack, then this is me saying to you, uh, much like I say to myself very frequently, that you need more caring for yourself in order to correct any of those imbalances in your life. Um, The answer is not to try and um, you know, come up with hacks to make those parts of your life flow better. It's not to, um, necessarily, you know, find like the best meal planning service or, um, a new way to make it easier to fold laundry. Like those are not the things that are going to fix any sort of like deep feeling of, um, of things being off and not ideal and not, um, not having the amount of ease in your life 
and relaxation in your day that you deserve. And so that's another piece of this conversation is just that we, as a culture, um, have this really weird belief that we aren't allowed to have lives that feel relaxed and comfortable and easy. Um, that, that the only way, and I know this is at least how I, um, I took this on as someone who lived in, grew up in this culture and, you know, was the product of, uh, a Lutheran family. So there's this, you know, the Lutheran work ethic and blah, 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 all this stuff, right? So that, you know, life is supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be work. Um, and that maybe if we work hard enough, we'll have some, some amount of relaxation and ease in our lives, but not that we necessarily, um, get to have relaxing and easy lives in general. And so I don't think that that is unique to, um, my upbringing. I think that that is pretty common in, in the families that I work with. I see a lot of this of like, oh, we have to work a couple jobs. We have to do this. We have to do that to make, um, to make our lives look the way we were told that they should look. So I guess I'm saying if you already are questioning things enough that you're finding yourself here listening to this podcast, um, that is the next area that I invite you to question, uh, if you haven't already done so. So, you know, your relationship with money, your relationship with work, um, what do those things mean? Is it okay to want to work less? Is it okay to want to, you know, and this can look a million different ways. Um, some people want to work more and that brings more ease into their life or having more or less money, you know, like just getting, getting down and dirty with like the stories that we tell ourselves, um, around these different aspects of our lives. So, um, yeah, I see a lot of people, even, even people who are choosing home birth, you know, sort of stuck in these patterns that don't serve them and, you know, living these lives that don't feel the way that they are hoping their baby feels during the birth and immediate hours postpartum. Um, this life of just, that's rich with love and oxytocin and, um, relaxation and not being hurried, not being rushed. And so I guess my invitation to you is, you know, how much of that can you bring into every day, not just birth? Because I think some of us as birth workers or, you know, birth junkies or people who just are really excited about, um, how amazing birth is, sometimes I think we love it so much because it's a little microcosm of what we wish every day was like. And some of us who love birth this much maybe love it so much because it's so unlike what our day-to-day life is. Um, I know for me as a midwife, it'd be so easy and I have to continually work on this, um, this piece because it could be really, really out of control. My life could be totally all-consuming, stressful, um, totally out of balance. I could easily skip my self-care. I could not go for a walk for weeks on end. And I have, this has, this has happened to me. Um, I could just eat McDonald's. I'm pretty sure I just passed two of them, um, for every meal, going out and seeing moms, um, running around. Um, I could be, you know, treating my body really badly and be reaping the consequences of that if I wasn't really aware and careful around unraveling 
these things for myself. And it's been a process and I'm sure will continue to be a process. Um, and I can speak a little bit to how that has looked for me. Uh, but it looks different for everyone. And I don't think there's a simple solution necessarily. Um, so yeah, I, I just really would love for people, my clients included, and for you if you're listening, if there isn't, uh, if you don't have more good days than bad, if you don't have days that feel like you're on vacation in your own home and in your own town where you live, uh, something should probably shift. And so with my clients, sometimes that's as simple as setting better boundaries. So first, this question of what can you stop doing that is not serving you, you know? So I was with a really lovely client last week, love her so much, um, who said she was so stressed out about writing thank you cards for her baby shower. Um, that, and she kept saying she even was aware of the fact that like this was something that came from outside of her. This was how she was raised. This is what her mother expected of her. And she really had to do it, but she didn't want to. She, like to the point of it being really, really emotionally, um, troubling. Like, this is not like a funny, like, oh, I just don't really want to do it. Like, this was really weighing on her heavily. She had all these other things she wants to do. She's at the end of her pregnancy. See, she's tired. Um, and in so many ways is needing all of the things that we're talking about right now, which, you know, um, which are so important to feeling healthy and balanced and ease and relaxed and all of that. Um, she needed that so badly and did not need to write thank you cards. So uh, I joke for the rest of the day that being a midwife means telling people to stop writing thank you cards. Um, and that's just one of many, many examples. So helping your clients figure out, or if you're listening as a, as a pregnant mom, um, what are some things that you can just not care about anymore you know what can you stop doing that you really don't need to be doing because your energy is finite your creativity is finite um your you know your time is finite and so the way that you spend it is you're literally spending those things think of it as like a bank account right um and so if you're spending your time and energy your finite amount of it on something that isn't actually benefiting you when you're feeling, um, stressed out, frazzled, um, you know, maybe your appetite's out of whack, you're tired all the time, your partnership is falling apart. Like if any of these things ring true to you, um, you need to find those things that you can cut out and cut them out mercilessly. So things that have helped me in doing that have been working with really amazing, um, therapists and life coaches. Uh, and if you need recommendations, reach out to me. I'm happy to send them your way. But yeah, having a third party person who is knowledgeable and skilled at helping people with this or a midwife, perhaps, um, really just talk with you about your day to day and help you figure out some of these strategies. Um, that's been so invaluable to me. But of course, you have to be ready for that and want that. So that's where one thing that I hope you take away. And another is what are the nourishing, nurturing, um, value filled, relaxation, pleasure building things that you can add to your day. Uh, and this is where a lot of the self care conversation usually comes up, um, out in the mainstream world. And I guess I would invite you as somebody who's living probably not as mainstream of a life, 
to get really creative with this, just like we do with all of the things pregnancy, birth, parenting related. Um, if you're someone who really needs something simple to start with, my first recommendation is to get out of your house alone and go for a walk for 30 minutes a day. If you can't figure out what else to do, try that and just see how the cumulative effects of that really build up pretty quickly. Um, It's so good for us to be out in the fresh air, sunshine, hopefully in nature. Um, If you're in a city, that's fine too. Um, I live in a city, but I am right next to a trail um, that goes up a creek. So that's my preferred place for walking these days. Um, Obviously, like the movement is fantastic for us. And it's one of the things that I wish I could prescribe, quote unquote, for everyone that I see. I think it's so helpful. Um, So that's something simple. Obviously paying really good attention to our nutrition. And that doesn't mean trying to lose weight, which I feel like so many of the women I see are trying to do. Mostly not the pregnant people, but, um, you know, all the women in my life seem to constantly be trying to lose weight. I mean nourishing yourself. How are you building yourself up? How are you uh, optimally... Yeah, feeding your your physical body. Um, yeah, that's huge. And it's something I work on a lot with clients. We do food journals back and forth. Um, I like to work with them on ideas for improving that aspect of their life because usually it makes such a big difference on all the other layers as well. Um, and sometimes they're intertwined, of course. Uh, I'd say actually most of the time they're intertwined. So the way that you are feeling emotionally and the way that you're able to, like the way that you're tending your emotional health is often not very different than the way you're attending your physical health. Um, because they're all, um, completely interconnected. So yeah, those are some things I feel like that I talk about with people. Uh, and lately I've been discussing with clients, um, those are the, those are the big ones. The eating, how are you moving your body, how are you eating, and what can we eliminate from your life that is causing discomfort or at least is not building um, the sense of ease and relaxation that you want and deserve. And I know for me, you know, we it's been a recent development, but finally being able to find some of that in my own life has left me with so many questions around um, how much I deserve, how many hours, you know, I've even asked myself, like, how many hours a day should I be allowed to, to relax and have fun? Because I feel like we're told that we shouldn't really get to do that at all, let alone most of the day. And I've had a lot of days recently where I've been able to just enjoy spending time with my family, um, not feel stressed about work, um, maybe even, like, take my family out to, um, a healthy, meal in a restaurant um, instead of cooking at home and I've thought like do I deserve this and so I guess I'm here to be your cheerleader and to say that you do um, that I hope you continue down this path of self-care in a radical way not in the mainstream sense that we often talk about Um, and and yeah, I think that's that's what I really would like to share today. Um, let's 
see. There's more I want to say. I wanted to talk a little bit also about how self-care is cumulative. And when we are spiraling up, it feels very different than spiraling down. So spiraling either direction, I think, is something most people can relate to. Um, This idea that when things are bad, they can get really bad really quickly. And when things are good, if you haven't experienced this before, I hope you do soon, that things can get really good really quickly too. And so it might start with that 30-minute walk a day, and it might morph into something much more very quickly. And the reason that that is this compounding factor is that the more you are building capacity within yourself through your self-care routine, the more energy that you're harnessing, the more creativity you free up, the better you feel, the more positive you're feeling in your day-to-day life, uh, the more energy you'll be able to put towards more acts of self-care. And so I know for me, this has looked like a pretty long process. So I don't mean to make it sound like spiraling up happens really, really quickly or anything. But I can so clearly see the way that it's all kind of layered on top of itself in in my own life. And I can see it in my clients' lives too. So this idea of baby steps, uh, haha, no pun intended, is useful, I think. So... Yeah, I've, I've seen the way that, you know, whether it's taking that 30-minute walk or, you know, hiring some childcare or asking family for childcare support uh, on a weekly basis or, you know, a couple hours, even if it's once a month. Like, it doesn't really matter what it is, but something that you commit to and that you make part of your practice on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly level uh, really then once it becomes part of the routine and a solid piece of the routine and you can feel the benefits, even if it's subconsciously, you just will have more energy and more, um, yeah, this word creativity keeps coming to mind, more creativity to apply towards further efforts. You know, like now I'm feeling a little better. What else can I do? Uh, and as long as you keep investigating that and, and uncovering the things that bring you joy, the the farther that you can go. So for me, this has looked like um, a consistent movement practice. Uh, I go to dance class typically twice a week. It might switch to once a week here, but the point being that it's consistent. And I also do my outside walking time. I also have for a long time had a practice of eating really well, at least three meals a day and yummy snacks included. And the thing that I wasn't doing super well was getting time away just to relax, uh, time on my own. And so um, for me, for a while, I thought that getting out of the house to do some movement was that time. And now I've realized that having time completely alone to do sort of nothing, really, just space um, to complete the same maybe tasks, whether it's work-related or, you know, housework related, but having an ample amount of time that I'm not rushing to complete my tasks 
is in itself an act of self-care. So for me, that did look like getting more childcare and also for my partner to change his work schedule, which we had to work pretty hard at to get, to make that happen. Um, so that he could spend more time with my daughter as well. So, uh, with that plus some regularly scheduled childcare, I now can approach the work that I was doing before in a way that feels way less tight and frantic and has subsequently made my mood and general temperament so much better, um, easier to deal with for others and myself. And also has made my work more productive the time that I have to do it and so I've seen the ways that the carving out that time for me you know the cliche of me time really is so crucial and in so many ways I didn't really even see it until it was happening and it was pretty uncomfortable at first too so um, when my daughter started going to her sweet little Waldorf preschool a couple days a week um, or daycare rather, um, you know, it felt like that same feeling that I've mentioned already, which was, oh no, if, you know, if she's at school, daycare, whatever we want to call it, um, I better be working from the second she leaves till the second she comes back or I am misusing my time. That if she's away from me, kind of like I need to be not punished, but I have to use this time for the thing that I said I need to do more of um, and the thing that is stressing me out. I need to get it done now so that when she gets home, I can, you know, spend time with her and be focused and not feel like I have more work to do. And it was definitely a long and continues to be a learning curve of how much time do I need. But this overwhelming belief or the underlying belief, which was, if I have more time than I need away from her, like if I, you know, have her at school for three hours and I only have two hours worth of work, I'm a bad mom for taking that extra hour to do something like lay around and watch Orange is the New Black. Like that was very much the feeling I had. And so for the first bunch of months where she was away, that really is what I did. It was she was gone and I was stressfully working. And as I got more and more space to relax into it and work through some of those feelings of guilt, uh, the, the more I was able to relax all the time, not only when she was gone, but also when she was home. Um, and, and I was able to see that, you know, I needed a little more time on this day or a little less time on this day. And, you know, I was able to figure out how to ask my partner for more support on the days where I felt like I could use a little more time and, um, and, and plan out my schedule in a way that continues to bring more and more of that relaxation ease, just generally like feeling good. And again, if you're in the midst of not feeling good, you usually know something is up, but you may not even realize how much better you could feel, uh, with some, I'm not going to pretend they're simple changes, but with some changes that are very much within the realm of possibility to make. And the biggest changes being those attitudes and beliefs in our own head about how good we're able to feel, how how good we're allowed to feel, um, how much we deserve as far as support and love and, um, and that time 
not even time for ourselves, but just in our daily life, no matter who's around, even if we're surrounded by people, um, we deserve to feel that ease and relaxation are the two words that keep coming up for me. So, yeah, I guess just to summarize some of the things I talked about that I feel like really have benefited myself as well as clients I've worked with, uh, getting outside every day, 30 minutes a day, minimum, moving around, walking, activity, Uh, time with friends I think is really important too, time to be an adult and to be able to turn off your your mom brain a little bit for a few minutes because that really takes a toll on our nervous system pretty heavily and I think you know I've written about my postpartum experience in the early months on indie birth uh, a couple articles a couple podcasts I don't feel like I've talked as much about my you know other mothering experience so far of my now four-year-old but definitely a huge thing that I was holding on to, and I don't know where I got it other than maybe from other moms that I admired in a lot of ways. Um, but I, I sort of felt like if I left my baby, even with my partner, like I was being not a good enough attachment parenting mom or not a, you know, I wasn't biologically parenting or instinctually parenting. And in so many ways, I think that's just a load of crap now and this is where you see a lot of second time moms I think doing things differently but I I really wish I could go back and tell myself the first time around not only is it is it okay to take some time without a kid around a baby around even um that it's actually essential and for people that think it's not that's fine as long as they're feeling good in their life but I would, I would wager a bet that they would be feeling a lot more ease and freedom and, and all the good things in their life if they took some time to pass the baton on the kid duties for just a couple hours a week. Um, so that's huge, especially if you can work in some friend time some time to bond with other women especially is wonderful time to connect with your partner is huge and these are all things that I thought I was prepared for so haha on me right um and if you're listening and this is your first baby just um I'm asking you to please discern where the information you're getting is coming from and just continually try checking in with yourself in your own beliefs and and figure out if it's coming from your gut or if it's coming from your mind, these ideas and beliefs that are guiding your daily choices. Uh, So connecting with nature, movement, your own body, connecting with your friends, your partner, taking some time alone is huge. Um, Finding a therapist that you really love. I think everyone can benefit from this and I will talk my own therapist up as much as anyone ever wants to hear me do that if you're ever interested she's amazing and has totally changed my life and having that person to just touch base with once a week or once every two weeks heck once a month even um has really made it so that I'm accountable and have space that was really the first space I started taking for myself after having my daughter was the once a once a week one hour a week 
and that was all I needed to start this chain of events that has led me to a place where I feel really, really strong and really confident and, um, dare I say, happy. So, uh, that is a really wonderful thing to do. Obviously, just taking time to relax in as many ways as possible. Um, someone that I really love on this topic is Jenna Laflamme, who I have done a podcast with. She has a, um, a book out called Pleasurable Weight Loss, and it's not really about weight loss. I mean, it is, but it is about so much more than that. It's about pleasure practices, how to bring pleasure into your daily life, um, and how most of us are starved for pleasure in this culture. It's a very anti-pleasure uh, culture that we live in, where we're taught that that is something we dole out in tiny little bites, as opposed to uh, something that we engage in in a multitude of ways every day. And so her book is really wonderful, and I would highly recommend that and then anything else she's written. I think she's got some good stuff online too. And finding as many of those things as we can work into our lives, and it's different for everyone. So for me, it's dancing. Uh, I love dancing. I love moving my body. I love like the musicality. I love feeling strong and flexible and the performance aspect of it. It's so much fun for me. And I finally live somewhere where I have access to classes and I'm really grateful for that. For other people, it is going out and seeing live music or, um, you know, going to a really great movie or baking a really lovely basket full of muffins and bringing them to someone. Just whatever it is that brings you pleasure and joy, making a giant list of those things and making it a goal that is as important as getting your work done and making money, uh, make it your goal to do more of those things every day and every week and every month. And yeah, so to me, that's what self-care is, is tending to, uh, also talking on the phone with friends is a great one. And that was Marin just trying to call me. So I think I'm going to wrap it up and I hope that, uh, somewhere in this rambling drive talk, you have something that you have found to be useful. So, thanks everyone.